Hello and welcome back. Um, it's episode 10 of The Water Trio. I'm here with Cassandra Tindall and Kelly Surtees. My name's Alicia Sheikh Youssef and we're here to do the week starting January the 7th, Monday. So all the silly season shenanigans are over. Um, everyone's getting back into reality this week. For those in the Southern Hemisphere, well here in Australia, um, Many of us are going back to work this week. I know, though, your North Americans are probably already back. But, yeah, how um, we've got quite a bit of astrology happening this week. What's your pick of the week there, Kel? Well, I think I have one high and one low of the week where I'm really excited about Venus moving into Sagittarius, Yay! which happens on Monday, the 7th of January. I just like the lighter, more optimistic outlook that Venus in Sag is going to bring. Um, I don't have anything against Venus in Scorpio. I just know it's a much more introspective type energy. Uh, and so Venus coming into Sag brings a little bit more confidence, a little bit more movement, a little bit more activity around relationships, but also around friendships and around enjoying the little luxuries in life. And then the thing that I'm kind of like, oh, going to be a little bit careful of this week is uh, Mercury Square Mars, which is coming up also early in the week, Tuesday, the 8th of January. Mercury Square Mars is sort of like foot in mouth disease, uh, you know, speaking before thinking or doing before thinking. So there's a little bit of a like an urgency or an impatience quality where you might act or say something a little prematurely. The flip side of that, if I put the Kelly spin on it, is sometimes a Mercury square Mars aspect brings us to a place of just being really honest. So even if it is premature, it's often coming from a place of truth. So they're the two things that I'm really watching for this week, but I know it's a busy week. What are you guys um, looking at? Cass, have you got any thoughts? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty excited about Venus in Sag too. Um, it's just nice to see planetary movement after this long uh, period of Scorpio so it will be nice just to kind of get out of the navel gazing out of the maybe the probing and the over analyzing things and just get out and enjoy um, Venus and Sag is a great time just to have those beautiful experiences together for experiences sake not really um, questioning things or overthinking things it's just getting out there and being in the moment and um and of course, not that the conjunction occurs this week, but we've got the co-presence with Jupiter there. So it's really putting the whole Venus uh, in Sag on steroids. Um, and I just think that just brings a real lovely, joyous atmosphere post-eclipse um, that we've just come out of and still in the feeling of. And, you know, with all the Capricorn energy this week, I think it's really lovely to have this buoyant, optimistic and um and looking towards what's possible and that's the nice part with, mm. with with the sad you know what is possible rather than and maybe not overthinking the logistics of it all i yeah, like totally. that and and having those two benefics in that one sign um for that you know the four four five week period is just wherever Sagittarius is in your chart for our listeners that know their chart you know just know that you're going to get some real boons in that area um, I'm super glad it's getting out of my eighth house um, and is actually moving into somewhere else. And, you know, she's been hanging around in Scorpio since, what, late October? 
Um, September, because we had the retro. We had that Venus retro. Yeah. I'd forgotten that leash until you said that. I was like, oh, that's right. Yeah, it's been a so, long time. Yeah. I mean, she did have that dip back into into Libra, but. Yep. Yeah. In November, we got a bit of a break. This is that the last hangover of those retrogrades finally shifting away, I feel like. And I know we've been saying this for, for weeks on end, but it's, it's deep, <coughs> you know, and, and just her shifting into that Sag energy kind of brings us all out of that final bit of navel gazing that Scorpio sometimes can do and and get pulled into so it's like that whole energy of lifting your eyes to the sky and going okay that really is that that drive forward um and really bring the benefits of of Sagittarius and and what that offers to us all and what's also good about this uh, co-presence of the two benefics, it will equally benefit, you know, when we're taking the concept of sect, whether you're born by day or born by night. Mm. So if you're a night baby, uh, Venus is your um, go-to planet. And if you're born by day, it's Jupiter. So bringing them both together in the one sign, it is equally benefic or equally favorable. And there's not that perhaps a little bit of a, a gear shift down if you are a, a night baby and Jupiter's not as good or if you're a day baby and then Venus is not as good. So it's got kind of like, um, you know, joy for everybody. You know, how <laughs> I think of the Seinfeld episode where um, Jerry's in a hotel and then um, this the employee of the hotel goes, you know, can we get you more of anything? And he's like, more of everything. And that's just kind of what this um, this conjunction really feels. And again, as you said, Lishi, uh, check out the house placement. Um, which chart is, or which part of your chart is bringing in this goodness um, and saying yes. Yeah. yeah, Jupiter and Sag, so much about saying yes to things. Um, and I love, yeah, the co-presence. There's a lot of stressful stuff about 2019, which we'll be covering in the weeks where some of those things get a little bit more difficult. Let's not talk but, about that now. <laughs> yeah, we won't, we won't, we're going to focus on the, the, the good stuff right now because there are some really good moments uh, in 2019 where, and the good moments come from Venus and Jupiter this year, where Venus and Jupiter are in signs that they can help each other. And we do have three or four periods of that in 2019. This next few weeks with Venus in Sagittarius is the first period. And even though it won't make everything better, um, it will put this kind of bright light or this warmth or this spirit of generosity and support into at least one area of life. So, you know, if you can, if you're aware, this this part of my life just seems to be flowing. Like work might be crap, but things with friends are going well. Or money might be crap, but I've got this really good strong sense of self belief, so I know I'm going to get through it. You know, it's don't let whatever is frustrating you get you down because there is still this. Um, uh, there is a golden light, basically, and it's just going to get stronger. Um, we've got a few weeks of Venus in Sag. Um, so navel-gazing, done, basically. <laughs> and I feel like as well, you know, Venus there, it's like if you've been stretching towards opportunities and, and trying to consciously use this energy of Jupiter in Sag, Venus is going to add the charm, the diplomacy, the, the tact to be able to you know, maybe even make them happen even more. You know, this is a time where if you've got a project you want to, you're going to, um, you're thinking about and you want to put it out there, this is the time to go and present it to get, get the best possible feedback on, on what you want to do for the rest of the year. So, yeah. Totally. I, I think it's a really great energy to, to kind of um, 
uh, you know when they say that uh, good luck is when hard work meets opportunity? So we've got yes. that kind of vibe there where there's the opportunity here with Jupiter and Venus in Sagittarius, but it's taking this, um, you know, saying yes so you can manifest that Capricorn opportunities um for the long term so there is that something that can happen now that has an enduring quality to it as well um so yeah i suppose that's kind of covers that um so we've talked about mars and mercury so i think this is a really nice you know in cardinal signs it can also help push us to say things that maybe we've been holding back on or not being totally honest about um and you know that inspired confidence um with mars and aries too it's like going for the jugular mm. speaking of mars in aries i did want to give a shout out to the moon conjunct mars this weekend um january 12th and 13th the moon this week is waxing so she's generally got this kind of growth energy coming out of the eclipse she's recovering from that eclipse um experience and then i thought the moon waxing this week kind of fed into the venus in sag energy yeah. of <clears throat> It is about growth. It's about looking to the future. It's about thinking about what's next. And then the moon on Mars, I was like, okay, this is sharp potentially, like cutting things or, you know, people being maybe quite direct or assertive, but it's also quite uh, confident inducing that. The moon and Mars in Aries, there's a lot of courage here. There's a lot of willingness to take a risk. And so it's not maybe about a cuddle, but it is about um, getting things done. And that's the weekend, January 12th and 13th. Yeah. Were you like, saying something? I didn't know if you were like waving you have thoughts, Lee, uh, or if there was uh, something different there. Well, actually, my children walked past the window, so I was just waving. Uh, <laughs> <and quiet. laughs> I love it. Multitasking. Yeah. But I feel like this energy for me is about having brave conversations, mm. um, being willing to, you know, just take that Aries energy to go forth and talk about things you know because mercury and capricorn is quite a steady energy and it's you know he's gone from sag where he's not that kind of happy into a slower <laughs> energy um which you is said that so diplomatically <laughs> yes yes we've already been where we've had that. like cross communications and miswires yes, and technical snafus <laughs> It's almost Mercury retrograde, really. Um, yeah. So, yes. So, it's moved out of that and, and moving into that Capricorn energy. It's a bit more grounded and logical. This is a this is the, almost that Virgoan mind, you know. It's, it's analytical, it's thoughtful, it's rational, and it's reasoned. So, it's almost like there's actually – it's yes, it's tense, but – it's like one will balance the other. That that grounded mm. Mercury will hold back and ask the Mars in Aries to take a pause before speaking, um, as compared to, you know, if if Mars and Mercury had met and they didn't, thank God, when Mercury was in um, still in Sag, you know, it would have been fireworks. Uh, so yeah, it's good that it's kind of there is that earth and the fire balance there. So mm. I do feel like you will have the forbearance in those conversations to not react too much um, if you need to have them so yeah be you know if you've got something that you want to say to someone but you're feeling a bit scared you know that energy that um, that Mars Mercury square would be a great time to actually just 
pull it, put on your big cold panties and go out and do it. So Fantastic. yeah, on the back of that, then we have the Sun Pluto conjunction. Yeah, that was the one I was going <laughs> to bring up. <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> the annual um, the annual meeting of the bright light and the dark lord. So, not that. Um, any of us really consider uh, Pluto being the ruler of Scorpio, but how about we hand this one over to you, Lishi? <laughs> As our resident Scorpio. Yes. Um, look, I always hate the word transformation. Everybody uses it so much, and yet there's Pluto. And I feel like there's so much happening in Capricorn this year and and into next as well and there's a really strong energy around that and this is going to give us more of a a chance to change ourselves for the better but with with quite a bit of hard work and maybe some blood sweat and tears on the side as well I just you know I'm not going to paint it light it's it's not going to be the easiest of days um it could be a day when self-confidence is undermined it could be a day where we're feeling like we're not at our best and we can't do what we want to do and it's it's a chance to look at those limitations and really understand well what's holding us back in these so this is on the 11th of january um late late in the night for us i think here in australia so um, Mm -hmm. it's early morning on the 11th for canada and the states yep so, but we'll be feeling it the 11th and the 12th. Um, and I just feel like if we can take a chance to really, you know, talking about navel gazing, going back in a bit on those couple of days, we'll get a chance to use it to make some changes so that when all this Capricorn energy is coming up and depending on what area of your chart this is happening in, you can be ready for what's coming. And yeah, I'm going to stop burbling. I like well, it, Cass. Well, um, I guess if you didn't really, if the eclipse comes and goes and you're like, oh, nothing happened, then uh, bring on the uh, Sun-Pluto conjunction. And I always find that it can really bring these, as you mentioned, Lishi, the issues of confidence um, whenever the sun is kind of, uh, you know, involved there with Pluto. But um when we talk about transformation, empowerment and everything, sometimes there's a confronting process that happens first and that's the realisation that your power, you gave your power away or you gave your light away or you gave your energy or vitality at some level. So sometimes it's about standing back um, and initiating yourself into this process of realising, okay, so what choices have I made up to this point that has led me to this this place and then maybe sitting with that or churning with that um having that um you know going to that place of darkness so then you can re-emerge um with with light uh the sun's light and that sense of empowerment um and when you can go through that um you know that process of you know light then in the dark and then the light again that's where that transformation that is overused happens but it's not until you willingly step into that initiation process first and allow yourself to be kind of pulled down and drawn down and sit with maybe some of those capricorn chart placement choices that you've um 
you know, especially too, you know, it's so highly activated, this house right now. Um, so, yeah, that's my two cents. How about you, Kel? I like it. Yeah, I think the only other word that I might throw in is the power control piece with the sun and Pluto yeah. around how, you know, when the sun meets Pluto, it's almost like shining a light, the sun on control dynamics or power dynamics, which are very Pluto almost like making clear where there is a power dynamic going on that maybe you hadn't been aware of or helping you realize where somebody might, you might've given your control, like someone else might be controlling a situation that you didn't think was the case. So there can often be a revelation or an insight that's really crystallized with the sun Pluto energy. And we do get a sun Pluto conjunction every year. And, you know, for about 15 years, this is happening in Capricorn since 2008 when the sun, so when Pluto moved into Capricorn. So it's not new to have a sun Pluto conjunction in Capricorn, but it does highlight this very kind of thought provoking 24 hour period where we're often more open to questioning things. We want to investigate, we get a bit like a dog with a bone where something grabs our attention or we get a little bit obsessively curious about something and we don't want to let go until we've got some answers or some info that really explains what we feel is going on. So it's, you know, don't let things pass you by. If you get your spidey senses are up and you're like, something's off here or there's more going on on Friday the 11th when the sudden Pluto meet, dig deeper, ask questions, do your research type of thing. Yeah. And that will put you in a really good stead to deal with the uh, next major aspect, Jupiter-Neptune. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like, you know, every week in January is this, weird mashup between this super hopeful something to do with Jupiter and Sag versus this kind of depressing, really sobering <laughs> something to do with Saturn or Capricorn. It's this, and like, it's bipolar it is, energy. It, it's totally bipolar. And in fact, I think the entire year of 2019 is like this. But, you know, this week we have that kind of writ large, Sun, Pluto, Ooh. and then two days later, Jupiter square Neptune, hope, generosity, potential, forget reality, let's go to daydream land kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's almost like the universe is offering us a buffer zone. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, yes, I'm going to be teaching you some lessons, but I'll give you a little guardian angel to sit on your shoulder to be able to help you through those times. Thank totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because otherwise I think, 2019 might be a bit of a shit show. Oh, what yeah, are your I mean, thoughts on Jupiter Neptune, Cass? Oh, how long is this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need the Reader's Digest version, Miss Gemini Rising. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I feel that there is such an opening here um, for amazing things. Uh, depends on how it's working in your chart, of course. There's such an opening there. Um, but I guess there's always that potential rose-colored glasses when we're talking about Neptune. And it might also be a little bit about I have, you know, I'm not saying me as in I, although maybe some people would say, but anywho, just talking generally here, there is so much, there's like this heart pouring of energy here. And there may need to be a little bit of discernment, caution or care about where you're channeling that. Um, there might be some friction or tension about um, maybe what your beliefs are or what your 
where you're shooting your arrows, are they in the same direction as somebody else's fantasy, you know, the Neptune piece? And so what you, the direction you think you're going in may not be the direction that other part of your life is going in. So there is, and, but, you know, I think that Jupiter is really the head honcho here. Um, I think he's making the overcoming square to Neptune and Neptune is in Jupiter's sign. So, um, I don't feel that it is um, as perhaps catastrophic or hard. I remember when I was hit, you know, being the mutable uh, cross here, when I was hit with the Jupiter in Gemini and the Neptune in um, Pisces, that was really difficult. But I don't think that this is going to be quite as bad because of Jupiter's innate strength. Um, so, um, but I feel that there's definitely kind of, um dreaming the dream and it's about possibility like and um, even if that doesn't make all sense you know and um you know maybe it's a little bit about putting your logical brain to one side for a little bit and just going where that wave takes you you might get caught in a rip for a little bit but you know something you know don't allow that to kind of um deflate you there is this sense of optimism and hope but it's almost allowing the blind faith to to stay up lit I suppose I don't That's think gorgeous. that was very reader's digest but there is a bit of a blind faith component to this um and for some of us that might be a little bit hard to let go of maybe some of that side of things um and trusting that you don't know where that arrow is going but it's going to go somewhere good um yeah i keep coming back to the blind faith part of this i yeah. like it yeah i definitely look neptune's involved so there's always a caution isn't there around mm. what are you missing what are you seeing in an overly positive kind of light um you know, where are you getting caught between facts versus fantasy? And yeah. that's definitely part of it. But I do think because Jupiter is having such a dominant influence, it is the overcoming aspect. But Neptune's also in Jupiter's sign. So yeah. it feels like there is a generosity, there's a kindness, there's even a gentleness, we might say, between this aspect. And you might be quite giving and you might just be giving to someone who is not accepting of that, you know, you might give to four people and three love it and one kind of dismisses it. And it's still yeah. kind of good to have done, or you might have four dreams and, you know, a couple of them really come true and, and a couple of them don't, but it was good to dabble with them anyway. Cause you learned something or you've got a fresh perspective. That Not that I want to say it's all perfect, but it does have this kind of tender, sweet quality to it. It sort of reminds me of what you're saying there, Kel, uh, something that I heard in a, like a, a marketing thing um, <clears throat> that you can try 10 different things in your marketing your business. Only one has to work and it yeah. still works. Um, and so there might be some wastage or leakage in the generosity or support or the kindness that you're offering, um, but there'll be somebody or something that really appreciates it or there it takes a hold in some way or um opens up that avenue of that jupiterian opportunity but you might have to it's like spend money to make money yeah yeah and yeah only one thing has to work 
Sorry, Leishy, what are you going to throw in here? <laughs> oh, Us mutables are going to town. I'm yeah, just yeah. going nuts on this. <laughs> the Jupiter Neptune piece. And, uh, <laughs> and for those of us that don't have that much mutable, I actually, for me, I'm kind of feeling a little bit nervous about it all, to be honest. Uh, go with go the with flow, the my girl. Yep, yep. It isn't my bag, and yet it is. And I feel like, I don't know, like if we can take the opportunity to break through some of the boundaries that are holding us those that are more cardinal and and fixed um and really try to just leap on this because it does in for me it feels like not so much a rocket ship but like a passageway into outer space out into Mm. the universe you know to be able to connect to the awe and the inspiration of of what abounds um you know, there's so much imagination and creativity potential in this connection. Um, and I feel like the tension there will actually even help it work. It's almost like if it was a nice harmonious link between the two, then it, you might just kind of float off with it and never come back. But because there is that tension there, it's the, the push-pull between the two things will actually get you to try to work with it, to try to align it. Um, so yeah. there may be a creative project that you've had on the back burner and have been really dreaming about doing. Um, and now a space opens up in another part of your life that will, will link that in and bring that in. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not so <laughs> excited about it as you girls, uh, but I can, I can see the benefits of going where it will lead. But I, I love that blind faith you're talking about Cass and I feel like it's a nice counterbalance with all the Capricorn it's like the Capricorn will stop it being totally blind and will kind of anchor us down yeah but will keep us looking for hope looking for optimism you know because Capricorn is such a somber um, focused energy that it can lose hope so it's like this is that boon that will help us stay hopeful and optimistic about the future throughout the year because this is just the first um, of three transits, isn't it? There's another one in June, another one in September. So, yeah, it's spot on. It's like this is like a the first of three gifts um, for us to unwrap. Yeah, it's interesting how you know this does provide um, an amazing counterbalance to the cold, harsh realities of the Capricorn stuff. Mm. And it was only yesterday. Um, I just will hold this up in case anybody's interested and doesn't have a Love copy. Love that book. Um, Aspects in Astrology by Sue Tompkins. And um, I was just sort of like had a little bit of a writer's block on a project that I was um, uh, working on because it was an aspect of my own. And I was, you know, trying to look at myself. <laughs> Doctors make the worst patients sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, this particular line, it also really encapsulates, I think, the whole jupiter neptune um the jupiter saturn paradigm that we've got going on and it says you know when things in life go wrong and or become harsh as they always do it's about standing back and observing the situation from a philosophical perspective um, and it's about finding meaning and purpose where others only find grim reality mm-hmm. um and the grim reality is there that's not um something we can deny as as a sort of a an ongoing theme, but we do have uh, this other portion with the Jupiter-Neptune piece that, you know, how can we bring something that is maybe spiritual or meaningful or what is the reason we're having to do this rather than being um, so it is what it is, you know, what is the reason behind 
why and i think when we can explore those questions or explore those meanings it can give us that you know sense of faith or hope or blind faith if you want to take the more uh, pragmatic approach about it and just gives us that little bit of buoyancy or optimism to help us um work through you know the reality that is yeah yeah and totally. You- uh, sorry, go, Leash. Oh. <laughs> We're all so excited. <laughs> I, no, I was just going to say that the simple thing often is to look at the glyphs. And for those of you that know them in your head, you know, Jupiter is the curve of spirit above the cross of matter. And Saturn's the opposite. Um, yeah. It's the cross of matter above the curve of spirit. And it's almost like, you know, we're able to bring in the spirit to ground it so that we can then reconnect and go high again. Um, but do it in a way that's, wise mature and you know not going to float off into the ether without any groundedness to it sorry Mm. Kel you go no no that's perfect because I was I was basically picking up on the same thing that this is one of the cosmic contradictions of 2019 is that we have the planet of optimism Jupiter really strongly placed and we have the planet of pessimism Saturn really strongly placed. So it's one of those years where we're kind of caught between hope and despair. And I think all of us are going to feel like we swing a little bit between feeling really optimistic and positive about the future. And then having these periods where maybe we're a little bit more fearful or we're like really worried or things are weighing on us. And I think the good thing is to understand we've got equal parts activated, like both parts in equal measure, if you like. And if you're in one place on one day, give it 48 hours and you could be in the complete opposite place. Um, yeah, so this is, I think this is a really important week for setting up some of those themes for the year. Because as you said, Leash, we're having that, or as we talked about, that first Jupiter-Neptune square, and that is one of our signature aspects for 2019. Yep, it's like all the major players are coming out to play. I feel like January is like a little, it's like a trailer for the beginning of a movie. It is, and all 100%. The major players are in it, and um, <laughs> you're not quite sure how it's going to pan out. You've got to go and see the whole movie to understand, but you get the themes. They're there. Totally. Um, you know totally. You know if it's going to be a drama or a comedy or both, it's, it kind of seems like. Totally. So, Cass? Anything else, gals? Well, I just do what um, – I've got two announcements. Do you guys have any yes. announcements or anything? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, we should probably promo – this isn't one of my two, but I was like, oh, we have our Water Trio event coming up in Sydney, live Water Trio in person, January 30th. Um, we should probably include the link for tickets in the session notes. I think we'll do that for this episode. Um, so if you guys um, can get to Sydney or are in Sydney, we're having a live in person. Uh, there'll be Q&A. I feel like we'll do secret um, health and weight loss by the stars, a.k.a. the moon. And we'll certainly be talking about these highs and lows of 2019. Um, I wanted to give a quick shout out to this magazine, The Wellbeing Astrology Guide, which I edit and write for. And I think Cassandra has an article in this year as well. That's on newsstands if you're in Australia. And if you're online or outside Australia or you want an e-version, just Google Zinio uh, Wellbeing 2019 and it should come up. And Cass has got her copy there. And I think so this is the week starting January 7th. So I'm actually teaching in Seattle this weekend. I'm giving a Friday night lecture on the 11th and then an all-day workshop on astrology and relationships and that's through the Washington State Astrology Association so you can find out more information either on my website or theirs 
Over to you gals. Yeah, well, I mean, I have my um, horoscope ebook is now available online on my website, CassandraTindle.com. So um, it's just a doubt. We'll put all links for this in the show notes, I think, too, just to make it easier. Yeah, for sure. No, it's all good. It's an instant download. It's got all the 12 signs in there so you can read uh, whoever you like (laughs) is a part of that. So really excited to uh, have launched that. It's going really well. Um, so yeah, that's available on the website. Um, apart from that, um, I will be, uh, yeah, that's probably the most immediate thing right now. Yeah. Okay. And I am working on my new website, so I am very quiet in the background, but I'm exciting things to launch in February. Excellent. (laughs) All right, gals. Well, thanks for another great episode and, um, yeah, first one of 2019. Exciting. Yes. Happy New Year. Bye, everyone. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon.